Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Zombie! Another movie she's perforating that dude. Perfor. I don't ever want to hear you say he's perforating that dude ever again. (laughs) Perforate dudes on your own time. Zombie! Okay, what are you selling? She's like, I'm selling magazine subscriptions. I'm like, no, I'm good. I don't want to buy any magazines. She's like, okay. So she reaches down to her cleavage and pulls out a joint, and she's like, want to celebrate 420? And I'm like, yes, I do. Zombie! Lumpkin head, you just don't want to see through his eyes when he's doing <laughs> no. it. It's just not good. <laughs> See say, it in 3D. That'll buy you one heck of a Blumpkin. We just, we, as soon as we announced the title, Dave was just like, oh, Blumpkin Head. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure we'll be making fun of it. That New Jersey hooker gave me a Blumpkin and a scorching case of Gentle Wars for only $3.62. <laughs> wow. That's a pretty good deal. Zombie! Drunken Zombie, lowering standards across the nation every fucking show. And remember, if you're looking for high-class podcast quality, head over to drunkenzombie.com. Massive. For the Bone Bat Podcast, where you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. Oh, trolls. Mutton yesterday, mutton today. Blimey, if it don't look like mutton tomorrow. Never a blinking bit of man flesh we've had for long enough. Yeah.
Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 58 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? I don't know, man. I'm still having issues with the bicycle. <laughs> I would think that your new bicycle that you had to buy after wrecking the old one would be in good shape. No, you know, that's maybe one of the issues is I'm still riding the broken one for one of the intermittent breaks. <laughs> but I had a parent-teacher conference where I was to go meet with the teacher, being the parent. Yeah. And I was riding to school, but unlike the other times I'm riding to school, I'm riding you know without my kids. So instead of looking like a middle-aged dad, I just look like a creepy middle-aged guy with no you know kids as props. And I'm riding to school right after school's let out. So there's all these kids coming from the school, you know, straight at me. I'm, I'm like swimming upstream. And there's this overpass, this bicycle overpass that goes over a main road, and the kids are coming down this overpass as I'm heading towards it, about to go up. And there's like kids stretch two, three across, biking on their side. There's just enough for me to bike on my side. So I'm going along, and I notice this one kid, and he is riding as fast as he can down the hill, and he goes to pass his friends, but then he can't get past them. So now there's kids completely stretched across the bike path with no place for me. And I see this, so I, I jink my bike over to the right to get out of his way as far as I can go, and at this point I can't go all the way off the bike path because there's a big concrete lamppost right there. So I get it all the way over to the right, just as these guys are coming right at me, and I, I just like barely miss the lamppost on my right, but the edge of my left handlebar connects with this kid that's decided to pass everyone. I mean, he just got all of a sudden around his friends and just went boom, just right into my handlebar, and I'm up. I, I kept going, and my first thought was, whoa, that was close. I don't even finish the thought because I hear that, that distinctive slap and then skid as a kid's body hits the ground and then continues to travel with bits of cotton and everything else flying off his clothing as he's slowing down rapidly as the high coefficient of friction brings him to a halt. So I pull my bike over and I wheel around and I look and this kid is just in the middle of the bike path on the asphalt, legs all splayed in awkward angles and he's not moving. And I'm thinking, oh, damn and I, I go over to him I pull his bike out of the way of traffic because there's all these bikes coming and uh, I, I'm like are you okay and that's when he starts screaming and this kid he's he's just screaming his head off he's just not letting up just laying there in this tangled mass screaming I'm thinking oh this is you know this is really bad he sits up and I, I look at him I'm like where do you hurt and he holds up his hands to show me the palms of his hands, which are fine. The palms of his hands are pink. You know, they're not even scratched. I'm looking at him and like the, the knee of his pants is all ripped to crap. And, you know, you know, he's got the bloody knee going on and the, his pants are torn on his other leg. And the, the, the shirt is all dirty and torn in places, but hands are fine. And so I say, we. Will you come, you know, over off the bike path here, and let, let's let's see how you're doing. I'm just trying to see if he can 
walk and see how bad shit is. And I'm also trying not to touch him or do anything to be, you know, remotely stranger danger creepy. And so he comes off the bike path and he still won't speak. He won't say any words. He just is screaming over and over and over again. Just he breathes in and screams out, breathes in and screams out. So I, I'm like, what, where else are you hurt? You know, your hands are okay. I'm sure they hurt right now, but they'll get better. What's wrong? Nothing. I'm just getting screams. And people are slowing down and looking and, and moving on. And some of his, his friends had stopped at first. And then they decided this whole scene was too weird for him. His friends bailed. <laughs> so now I've got a parent-teacher conference to go to. But I, I don't know what to do with what's going on. And then this, this dude, this adult, rides by on his bike. And he looks over. He's like, hey, Alex, what's going on? Alex, hey, buddy. So I'm like, oh, fuck. You know, thank God somebody knows this kid. I can try to move the responsibility from myself to somebody else. I'm, mm. I'm not even sure if the kid is, you know, can even speak English. I, I've yet to hear a word out of him. So I go like, oh, okay, you know this guy? Yeah, okay. Well, so this guy starts trying to comfort the kid. And the kid is just screaming his head off still. This whole time he hasn't stopped screaming. Finally, he's, he calms down a bit. And the guy's, you know, kind of talking to him. The kid's like probably 10 years old. He's not a baby. And, and the guy's like, well, you know, it looks like he had a pretty bad spill there, Alex. It looks like you're going to be okay. And he, he goes, so, you know, what what happened there? And he turns to me, what, what happened? And this is where I fucked up. I go, yeah, Alex there, he, he was riding pretty fast, tried to pass his friends and crashed right into me. And you could just feel the air get cold. Like the guy looks at me like, he crashed into you. Like, he completely isn't buying my story. In his head, I have knocked this poor kid down. And and I've got no kids of my own around me. i got no adults around me that can vouch for me not being some strange, you know, guy in beat-up jeans and a punk rock t-shirt riding his bike and hassling kids. So he shoots me this cold look like, yeah, you jerk. He keeps trying to comfort the kid. Kid keeps screaming. I finally go, okay, so I gotta go. I gotta get out of here do you have this you got this under control guy looks at me just just withering look he's like yeah yeah i got this under control (laughs) just at that point i I just i felt like you know like this big i wanted to say look no really this little asshole ran into me he crashed into me it's his fault right on the right don't crash into people head on so then you just left and that was that you know, I left, and then after I leave, like, 20 kids that I know and three parents that I know all come, you know, over the hill right to me. Any one of those people could have just done a little, oh, hi, Gordon, and, like, shown me to be semi-legitimate, not homeless child abuser. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, you don't recover from that too much. No. I swear. And then, like, that that was a couple days ago. This morning, I'm riding back. I've dropped my kids off at school. We've ridden our bikes to school. They've done the bike thing, locked them up, talking to my friend. Wait till all the kids are done doing their thing. And we start riding back towards my house together, talking. And I actually said, you know, I'm just let's just take the streets, not the bike path. Because I've been having some bad luck on the bike path lately. I don't want to knock any more kids over. Oh, no, 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 we'll be fine. Okay, here we come. This three-way intersection right where we're supposed to meet at this three-way intersection. There's... A grown-up riding his bike on one path. I'm riding on the other and coming straight at us. 
is this mom and her like four-year-old kid on a bike it's weaving all over the road and based on all of our velocities we're all gonna hit the intersection at the same time you know what i did what? i literally screamed and rode my bike out into the middle of the field <laughs> i decided no 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 so know, you had you had no there was nothing else you could do no i quit you <laughs> see that or fully embrace it and just start to bicycle with a like a cricket bat and just start knocking kids over on purpose yeah well you know maybe you should uh retire the bike i'm telling you bike has had some difficult times lately. yeah i've had some difficult times with the bike yeah yeah that's that's enough to you know just step aside from yeah, other than that, I'm doing all right. Oh, glad to hear it. Well, music-wise, we've got something special tonight. You are listening to the mighty Finn Troll out of Finland. Yeah! Great stuff. We talk about these guys a lot. Yeah, I, I really dig this band. I've been uh, wanting to do a feature on them for a long time. And you know, one of the things I dig about them is that they, they have the metal thing. You know, it's kind of like a mixture of death metal, but it's mixed with folk music. And so it just has a lot of interesting textures, a lot of interesting stuff going on. And so uh, it's going to be a cool thing to be able to share a little bit of that with the listeners tonight. Yes, indeed. So they're kind of an angry band. Yeah, it's you kind know, of an angry sound. I guess they're not really. They're an not angry really band. angry. They're, they're kind of. Sound. I don't know. They're you know, it's it's kind of heavy, but it's also kind of frolicsome beer drinking music. I mean, it, it'd make great holiday music if it wasn't all about eating priests. Yeah, well, see, I was trying to transition into the what pisses us off. Or maybe, actually, that's why it's good holiday music. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so, Finn Troll, I raise one to you. We'll be listening to more throughout the show. So what else is going on? Let me see. Before we do what pisses us off, uh, we did not, unfortunately, get nominated for the podcast awards this year. Hooray! We are trying not to get nominated. (laughs) Success! Though I did get a few emails that folks said that they did uh, nominate us, and I do I appreciate that. I emails to that effect as well. Yeah, so that was awfully cool of you listeners. You guys kick ass. So, thank you. Way to back a losing cause. We appreciate that. <laughs> so, what pisses you off? You know what pisses me off? I, I want to know. It is not the whole bicycle situation. It is Monday Night Football. The last two games I've watched, Monday Night Football... Midway through the third quarter, I realize that the commentators are have completely lost track of the game, and they are doing nothing but jabbering. They're just running their mouths. <laughs> they're talking about everything. In the beginning of the game, I like to hear them. You know, the, oh, you know, so-and-so, he pulled his groin, and, you know, this team is matched up well against that team. That's fine. Hey, take a look at the defense. Look at how these guys run to play. But towards the end, it's just so, you know, how are the wife and kids? Oh, good. Yeah, you know, we're going to deep fry a turkey this year. Just, they, they are completely bored by the game. Plays are occurring on the field. The, the video, the picture is football. The sound is a goddamn podcast is what it is. <laughs> For the love of God. I, I am to the point where I'm just turning off the audio and putting on you know, Fintroll or something. Dude, there's there's a long and honorable tradition of that bullshit. John Madden was annoying as hell. Yeah, yeah, he Oh, was. my God, especially when he was either talking about the Green Bay Packers <laughs> or the team... <laughs> Masturbating that, to the Green Bay exactly. Packers. Exactly. <laughs> oh, the Brett Favre, Brett Favre. Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you're just, like, sitting there trying to enjoy the Seahawks lose, like, get normal. And you just couldn't do it because you wouldn't shut up. You know who sucks now? 
We've gotten a couple of the Seahawks games recently. Brian Billick, who the former coach of the Baltimore uh, Ravens, has been calling the games. Oh, fuck. That guy is pissing me off to no end. That's unfortunate. Ah. Speaking of what pisses me off and kind of going back to your school issues. So, uh, recently my son was at school and he uh, had finished his work early. And so he was given a little time to sit quietly and do what he wanted to do. So he decided uh, to see, draw. That's the first problem. Okay. So he decided drawing. to do a little drawing. So he uh, draws, you know, the normal thing that an eight-year-old boy would draw, which is a huge Warren battle Monsters. scene. Okay. <laughs> a huge battle scene with many guns and weapons drawn and things like that. And so, uh, he, you know, he, he leaves after that. They have, you know, library period or whatever. He goes to the library. And uh, he, from the library, he gets summoned to the principal's office. And he gets quizzed about the picture he had drawn. And we get a note home that our son had drawn this violent picture and he was called to the principal's office. Now, this, I used to draw battle scenes constantly up until like, I remember sixth grade, up until sixth grade. You remember the, the like brown paper bag covers we used to put on our school books? Oh, yeah. You'd flip them backwards so that they were blank. I would fill them with huge scenes of tanks and robots and shit fighting. I mean, yeah. it's like totally standard. So the fact that, you know, my son would get called to the office and quiz about this picture is absolutely beyond me. Now, it did have a caption saying, the killer, boom, boom, you're dead. But other than that, <laughs> you know, so I mean, really the captioning. I, I don't know. I mean, to me, that should be something that I would think a, a, a teacher would see all the time. That there's nothing unusual at all about that. And yet he gets called to the principal's office. And not only that, he gets summoned to the principal's office over the loudspeaker. Oh, geez. Like, isn't that kind of fucking scary? Yeah. I don't know. That just pisses me off, man. You know, is this the result of Columbine? Is that what we're reduced to now? I don't know. I live in one of the most frighteningly politically correct areas of the universe. And my kid draws the craziest battle, bloody everything. And you know what? Even here, they look at it as like, yeah, okay, that's what boys do. Yeah, Never exactly. Once has that been an issue. That's my point. And I just, I don't see what would have warranted, you know, being called to the office for this. And it just, it kind of goes, there's like all this kind of stupid bullshit. Like, you know, you'll get sent home because of a zero tolerance weapons policy. I, I heard of a kid bringing a cocktail sword to school and getting sent home. That's insane. And don't, you know, God forbid, don't bring a children's aspirin or anything to school. Yeah, you'll zero get, tolerance drug policy. Yeah, you'll get expelled for that. I mean, even recently, there was a story out of Washington that, like, some high school, a kid wore a sex pistol shirt to school. Yeah, and, I saw that. And got sent home. And so the next day, as a form of protest, a bunch of the kids in the class wore a sex pistol shirt, and they were all suspended. Never I mean, mind the what the fuck? It, I just, I, I can't figure out if this is just a matter of, like, they want to make the policy so that the teachers and administrators don't have to think. That's exactly what it in is. In administration, that they just, that they the just they, yeah, that they have the policy behind them. But what, what the fuck is that doing to any sort of freedom that the kids have? I mean, my son is expressing himself because he finished his work early. That was a reward period. And he gets sent to the principal's office? That's so wrong to me. They're well, just, he's a terrorist. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, terrorist. 
it's absolute bullshit. Yeah. And you know, there's nothing I can really do about it. No, there really is. You know what? You know what I did about it? I hung the picture on the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. But you know, beyond that, uh, there's what? What else are you going to do? It's just, it's just sad that we're at that position now in this country. Yeah, it, it is ridiculous. Because it is a far cry po- from bringing, <laughs> you know, drawing a picture like a ba- of a battle scene is a far cry from bringing nunchucks to school in your backpack or something like that. Which to me, okay, I can see getting called to the principal's office. For Sorry you had to go through that. Well, I mean, what do you think? You know, as, like, how, how would you respond to something like that? Uh, I would go right to the teacher and, and bitch, and I would go to the principal and bitch, and it would probably not accomplish anything. Yeah, that was my thought. Is that in the end, you know, what's the result? Just, you know, I tell, told him, hey, you know, don't maybe write the killer boom, boom, you're dead next time. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, strong work, son. Well, I'd like to hear from other dads. Have you seen this sort of thing? Have you had to deal with this sort of thing? It'd be interesting to know. So any other dads out there who listen, I'd love to hear your, your stories about this sort of thing. So uh, we have a guest. What pisses us off this week? Cool. Hey, guys. It's Luke Pierce here. Just wanted to call and share a little something I hate with you. I hate when people can't spell. I'm driving home from work. I'm coming down US-1 here in North Carolina, and I just passed the car with a personalized plate spelled H-A-T-I-T-U-D-E. Now, I'm quite sure the lady driving thought she was spelling attitude and I'm guessing that she's one of these uh, red hat society people, but she can't spell because her license plate spells hateitude, which I think is a bad attitude, not a good attitude. But you know what I like? Well, I'll share this. I shared something I hate or that pisses me off. Now I'm going to share a little something I like. I'm going to put Triumph back on so I can jam while I'm driving. Later. (laughs) I'm sorry. Triumph gives me hateitude. (laughs) Strong work, McPierce. You know what? Maybe the woman is metal as fuck. Maybe so. Did you think of that, McPierce? Maybe. Maybe that's the name of her son's band. We we should Maybe check that's the name of her band. We we should check MySpace and see if there's a hateitude on there. That'd be hardcore. Hateitude.com, is it taken? That's gotta be. That's gotta be the name of a band. You check, dude. No, anytime either one of us operates the internet while we're doing this podcast, <laughs> we'll stop up. The whole podcast starts melting. So yeah, we are not allowed to, to look anything up actually. This podcast is by the seat of our pants, 100% ignorant. We do not fact check. <laughs> so, you, so you're not a big fan of the Triumph, the Canadian metal? No. No, I can't <laughs> say that I am. Maybe she was trying to spell hate a dude. No, no, because there's two T's in there. Maybe she just can't spell, as McPierce said. All right, dude, you got a political rant this week? A brief one. Yeah. Here's the thing. Much, much has been said about the TSA and their new backscatter, full-body radiation devices that are guaranteed to give you cancer in your left Well, I'm sorry, was that back splatter? No, that's what happens when they're done. (laughs) And you can either get irradiated or you can opt out and get groped. All right, so that's the system now. 
some people that don't even have a GED to their name are operating devices full of deadly radiation and or grabbing your pirate your pirates and or <laughs> grabbing your private I'm not in this rant going to take issue with any of that. What I am going to take issue with is the fact that they have male and female screeners for the the machines as well as the pat downs. And when you opt out or, you know, even before this, many a time I had been singled out of line and given the extra pat down. (laughs) I don't know why. But it happens to me. The reach a down, as it the were. Reach a re- the reach a down. <laughs> and every time when it happens to me, they have a man do it. And I've noticed that when this happens to a woman, they go, female, female screener, and they have a woman do it. And I- I'm thinking the reason behind this is to give us some semblance of f- not feeling violated, like a woman wouldn't be comfortable with a man grabbing her gentle bits to search for bombs and so they have female screeners as a man as a straight man (laughs) frankly I'm really not all that comfortable with another man grabbing my junk (laughs) I would opt for a woman to do it and where do we draw the line I mean can't we if if this whole thing we're going to have two different genders of people doing the grabbing if that's there for so we don't feel so violated, should we have the ability to pick who does the violating? Dude, but that's just standard now. That's If you go to a major sporting event, they have the exact same system. There's a male and a female line. Well, and I never the twain shall cross. I know we don't have any hope of, of getting any kind of rights where we don't have our privacy and our persons violated, but I think as an American, I should be able to choose the gender of my violator. <laughs> well said, sir. That is my political rant. All right. Well, uh, why don't we check out a tune? Yeah, let's check out you a tune. You want to check out a tune? All right. Uh, this one is from the album Jachten's Tid, or Hunting Time, from 2001 on Century Media Records. This song is Kittle Dogs.
Okay, once again, that was Kittle Dogs from Fin Troll. I love that little bubbling sound bits there in the middle. This kind of sound collage thing they have going on. That's kind of freaking awesome. So bubbling sounds happening, too. I <laughs> well, hope I make it through this podcast. Fin Troll, a band formed in 1997 in Helsinki, Finland. It's formed by Timu Raymarida. Uh, he was a guitarist also known as Somnium. Uh, and vocalist Jan Kotla Jamson kind of had the idea of combining elements from black metal, death metal, folk metal with uh, Finnish folk music called humpa, and also a, a type of singing called yoik singing, which is kind of like a, similar to Native American chanting all and right. kind of combining all that together in this, you know, kind of unique sort of a song. Uh, the lyrics of most Finn troll songs are actually in Swedish because the original... Uh, vocalist Kotla felt that it sounded so much damn more trollish than Finnish so you'll often find the uh, lyrics in Swedish for folks who speak Swedish I do not and folks who speak <laughs> trollish exactly so anyway uh, they did their first uh, demo in 1998 after that uh, they were joined by the remainder of the band a screamer on guitar tundra on bass uh, Henry Trollhorn Sorvali on keyboards who uh, also was from the band Moon Sorrow and uh Samu Ruetsalinen. Uh, I apologize in advance for the names I'm butchering tonight to anybody. Dude, I don't know if you're butchering them or not. Finnish. It sounds really authentic. <laughs> uh, anyway, the drummer is also known as Beast Dominator, interestingly enough. Hmm. So after the demo, they got some interest from Spine Farm Records and uh, signed to them for the 1999 album Midnotten's Witunder, which means Monstrosities of the Night. Uh, after that, they released the album Jockton's Tid, which uh, we just played that song from, uh, which I think they really hit their stride on that album. It's just a great collection of really good stuff. Uh, then uh, following that, they kind of hit a hard patch. Uh, first off, their vocalist Kotla ended up with like tumors in his throat, ah. so he was forced to retire from the band. They went to a, a cabin in the woods in Helsinki. And actually did an acoustic set, which would end up becoming the EP Visorum Slutet, which is uh, Melodies of the End in English. Then uh, after that, Kotla was forced to actually retire from the singing for the band. And then, shortly before the release of that, the guitarist uh, Timu Raymarada actually fell off a bridge and died. So, wow. yeah, things were, were pretty tough. The band decided to carry on. Uh, and ended up adding uh, Michael Karlbaum as the second guitarist. Uh, in 2004, they released uh, an EP, Trollhammerin, which uh, we're going to be checking out that song next. It kicks a lot of ass. Uh, it was kind of a prequel to the album Natfod, which uh, means Nightborn in English. And uh, based on that release, they ended up on their first American tour. Shortly after that, uh, Trollhorn decided he didn't want to tour anymore, and so he was replaced for touring duties by a guy named Verda, uh, from the band Imperinon. But uh, Trollhorn would still stay with the band as far as writing music. And it's kind of cool that Trollhorn evidently uh, taught music at a college in Finland. And uh, he, so, you know, there's, there's a consortium of folks who know each other from the school and the community. And they'll often, you know, contribute to the band. Uh, for instance, uh, even to this day, even though he retired, Kotla actually still does lyrics for the band on their last two albums. That's so cool. it's kind of cool. Even though you know he was forced to, he can no longer sing. He still is making contribution to the band. So anyway, uh, 
after that, the, the vocalist Wilska, who replaced Kotla, he was fired from the band in 2006 and uh, was replaced by uh, Vreth. So he's the vocalist to this day. In 2007, they released the album From the Depths of the Earth or Ur Jordan's Joop. So after that, they toured again to the United States, and that was the first time I saw them live here in Seattle with uh, ceremonial castings. It was a great show. And then uh, this year, they uh, released their fifth album, which is called Niflvind or Hellwind. And that came out in February. So uh, I actually saw them earlier this year. And there's reviews on Bonehand.com for both of those tour dates that uh, I saw them at. Always a great band to see live. A lot of fun, high energy. The crowd is rocking. And it is great music to have a beer to. So I I hope you enjoy it. Go to uh, Fintroll.net. You can purchase their music there. Uh, all of their recent CDs are available through Century Media Records as well. There will be a link on the Bone Bat homepage. Here's another tune. This is Trollhammerin.
Once again, that was Troll Hammerin from Fin Troll off of Natfod. Buy it. It's awesome. Now, Niflvind is, that means hell wind? It does. Huh. And it sounds a lot like nipple wind. It does. You probably would like that better, wouldn't you? I don't know. But what, a wind, wind of would be nipples? like a nipple fart. I don't even know how that is possible. I don't even know what a nipple fart is. That it's a nipple wind. Scares me. You're scaring me. Stop. Very high pitched, that would be. Stop. Okay, dude. Multimedia triage. All right. What, what was that? Was that a nip- <laughs> nipple wind? <laughs> dude, you're so wrong. So, dude. What? You and I have both been watching The Walking Dead. Yes, but I did not watch the last episode because I was watching something else. But I will, I promise. Well, 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 we've seen what we've seen so far. What do you think of the show? It's only the best show on TV since Battlestar Galactica. The, uh, the sound design of the show is great. They, yeah, they have done yeah, I would agree really with that. Really job with the sound. The, the story, great. Characters, great. Some people aren't watching it, I'm sure, because they go, oh, you know, it's another zombie thing. It'd be great without the zombies. It is It is just a good story. It's and good. It, it, like it really it. is good. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm watching it. I, I've been reading the graphic novels since the, the first volume came out. So I'm yeah. already very close to the story and the characters. And I have to say, at first, the, the actor that plays Rick, I was not buying him. He's sort of growing on me, Andrew Lincoln. But for some reason, there's something about him that just didn't seem, I don't know, he's like too skinny or not not substantial enough for the character of Rick to me. I I think he's doing better now. But for some reason, yeah, he he just wasn't working at first. And I I was kind of, I don't know, it seems like character-wise, they've made some decisions on the show kind of for character arc purposes adding more there than needs to be there oh yeah Which, see i only read the first three volumes and that was a long time ago mm. and so i'm not i mean i knew it was going to happen like the first couple three episodes but right. then i'm starting to get into the i don't remember this happening yeah and also well, remember and things that i read that haven't happened yet yeah well like that's the should. thing they, they've added some stuff like uh the the character michael rooker's character who got chained to the roof yeah, he, he, yeah he, that's not in the graphic novels. And there, there's, you know, so, some other stuff that, that was kind of, have, have been nice additions. And it seems like they might even be taking some slight story points. Like there was, uh, uh, folks, we're going to get a little spoilery. I mean, frankly, you're probably going to have seen episode six by, before you hear this. So we are going to, fair warning, if you haven't watched it or you T-vote them and you want to watch them all together, you might want to take a break for a few minutes. We'll be, be back to it in a minute. Anyway, like there's a guy who's a wife beater. That yeah. shows up in the series, a, a similar character much later. So okay. it's almost like they're, they're maybe borrowing stuff from later in the series for dramatic purposes. And I'm pretty cool with that. But one of my biggest problems was like between Rick and his wife, Lori. Yeah. To me, it bothered me that sort of on the show, they were having marital problems before the zombie apocalypse happened. Yeah, and that isn't the case in the in the graphic novel. And it, to me, I don't know if it, it makes it more poignant if there's like a loving relationship there to begin with. Oh, see, I think it makes it even better because it's it's even that much more messed up that they they were having these marital problems. Total spoiler alert! And then 
she ends up, you know, hooking up with this guy's partner and best friend and thinks that he's dead. And now he's not dead and he's back and she's jumped in all the way back in love with this guy. But, you know, that's just the, the initial. That's just right below the surface. All those problems they had are still there. And it's it's just going to be ugly, ugly, complicated. I Yeah, but, I like but it, it's but it's ugly, complicated for the reason of being ugly, complicated. As opposed to a good relationship, a strong relationship, where in a moment of weakness, she needs comfort and she has what she has with Shane, which is what happens in the graphic novel. Then she realizes that her husband's still alive. I mean, you still have the same thing, but you have a basis. I mean, there's going to be enough going on with that relationship without trying to add some kind of, I don't know, Hollywood character arc bullshit. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, so that, that I'm kind, surprised that kind of you're me. about this series because I think it's really well done and I I approve man I I like that there's a lot I like I liked how they they slightly changed Jim's character but I like how they handled that through episode five and, and the stuff with Daryl and Merle the the guy who got left on the roof that was a total addition but it was great he was mm-hmm. a, you know Michael Ricker's a fantastic actor when I mean, you got Henry portrait of a serial killer there for Christ's sake so yeah, I mean it's it, it, it's strong stuff, but yeah, I've got a couple of little nitpicks about it. I'm not completely blowing the series. You know. <laughs> I am. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not convinced it's better than Mad Men. Well, that's just because it doesn't have what's her name. <laughs> what's her name? What's her chest? What is her name? <laughs> I was about to say Cynthia Nixon, and that is absolutely not right at all. <laughs> I know who you mean. Yes. Okay. All right. So what else? What else have been we've been checking out? Well. Speaking of zombies, we both watched Damn by Dawn. We did. That there were Well, I guess there was a zombie in that. So Damn yeah. by Dawn, a 2010 film from Australia, uh, directed by the amazing Crypto Brothers. It is a story of uh, let's see here, Claire and uh, <laughs> you're going to say a story of Claire and her, magnitude. No, her, Claire and her boyfriend Paul go back to her home to visit her ailing grandmother. And the grandmother's on her deathbed, and the banshee comes for her. And in a turn of events, I guess you're not supposed to hurt the ba- wailing banshee if the banshee comes for you. And yeah, she everybody does so. knows, and you're about to die, the wailing banshee comes for your soul, and you are not to push it off of a balcony to impale it on, on a, a crappy fence. Yeah, you, you definitely don't want to do that. Everybody knows that. So anyway, after that, madness ensues, and it's a low-budget film, but I thought there was a lot of kinetic action. The cameras are flying all over the place. I had a great time watching it. I enjoyed it. (laughs) You're retarded. I'm not retarded. It was fun. I'm convinced that you don't like horror films. Uh, You know what? I think I like horror films. I don't think you do. I think you like anything that they stick the word horror film on. I think you like... A sensitive relationship story with a zombie, but you don't like it when blood and guts are falling on the floor. They were chased by rubber skeletons that were hung on frickin' laundry lines. It was a low-budget movie. Damn straight it, it was. It didn't look like shit. The, the film actually <laughs> looks pretty good. Laundry lines. They've got a lot of foggy moors and stuff. Oh, it's a pretty good-looking... In fact, these people live in a place that is populated by nothing but smoke machines <laughs> and Klieg lights. That's... <laughs> Black night, you can't see anything, it's a storm, except for all this bright light shining through fog everywhere. (laughs) 90% of the movie is people stumbling around in the dark, except it's actually really light, going, 
What is that? It's just... And then getting disemboweled. That There's is like the very... disemboweling scene, and that's the guy the very, does it himself. That's the very essence of horror. That was awesome. No, the essence of horror is being scary. <laughs> it was... There was... There was okay, I will say this. It she's wasn't... driving through the, the rubber skeletons that are flying from the sky and they're splattering on her windshield. Dude, like, there's no what? way you didn't you didn't get caught by any jump scares in this movie. No, no. The first 15 minutes or so, great. I loved it. Scary. There were a lot of little jump things. Gave me shivers up my spine. There were a lot of little scares. I really liked it. And then it just got stupid. Nah, you're just, full of shit. They're, it they're was like a lot of fun. Shining flashlights around that are off. <laughs> what? What? At one point, the guy's running. He does not have his shotgun. No way he has a shotgun. He's running around. All of a sudden, he's got a shotgun again. It's like the props guy went, Psst, you're supposed to have your shotgun. you got to oh, be okay. shitting me. You're sitting there criticizing the rubber skeletons, and then you're worried about continuity? Yes, no continuity. <laughs> That's preposterous. If you're going to buy into rubber skeletons, you don't piss and moan about continuity. It's ridiculous. I- I'm not buying into the rubber skeletons, first of all. Well, I say it's a fun, low-budget film. If you like something like I Sell the Dead, you're probably going to enjoy Damned by Dawn. Wait, no, I Sell the Dead was about a thousand times better than this. That was. A I think if you movie. like that movie, you'll like this movie. I think you're wrong. And how many other Banshee movies have you seen? It was original for that alone. I will give it originality points for the Banshee. Sure. It doesn't make it good. There's no talking to you, dude. It was, it was fun. Check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go check it out. Tell me what you think. Tell me how wrong I am. <laughs> a scary rubber skeleton. <laughs> oh, shit. It was On fun. a clothesline. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what else have we been uh, enjoying this week? Did you have a chance to listen to Sample the Martian? I did sample Sample the Martian. So uh, Sample the Martian, I believe, is from Detroit. Uh, I actually found out about this, these guys got in touch with me uh, because he had uh, shared the stage with Whitey Cracker and MC Lars at the Blind Pig Club, interestingly enough, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, a club where I saw many a cool show, including Fishbone, Mustard Plug, Sister Machine Gun. I've seen a bunch of cool shows there. Didn't you see the Blue Meanies there? Uh, no, I didn't. I saw them in Eugene. Oh, huh. But, yeah, it's a, it's a great club. Anyway, but that's neither here nor there. So uh, they sent us the CD, and we're checking it out. And it's, it's interesting because I didn't really, after listening to it, it didn't really seem like it was nerdcore to me. It only has, there's a sci-fi vibe to it. The Martian it is a sci-fi theme. core. Yeah, but, but, you know, in the same way that, like, Wu-Tang Clan has a martial arts theme, this has sort of a space theme. The guy, like, very nimble rapping. And when he's at his best, it's almost like a, a rapper rapping in front of supersonic soul pimps because it's like you got some funky beats in the background. The middle section, the main part of the CD, it seems like there's kind of the same sort of very laid back, mellow kind of a vibe. And I kept yeah, kind of yeah, wanting to kind pick of, up sort and, of mellow and much more downbeat than the stuff I usually listen to. Yeah, and so I was kind of wanting to, to just have a little more variation and you know have some things that are faster, have some things that are slower, and it's kind of all sort of a, a similar sort of a vibe. But the guy can rap, and his rhymes are pretty great. So if that sort of thing interests you, you can actually go to his site, and you can check out about half the CD for free. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's fantastic. And so you can check it out and see for yourself. But the guy the guy has a, a way with words, man. 
he definitely he can turn it out. So check it out before you decide. But yeah, I, I like definitely it, called it, it. I think alternative rap more than uh, nerdcore. If I was classifying. Things. All right, I'm down with that. All right, what else? Let's see. Black Ops. Let's talk about Black Ops a little. Let's bit. talk about the Black now, Ops. Let's not talk about the tranny post ops. Let's talk about the Black Ops. <laughs> Sick bastard. I like it. Of course, you knew I was going to like it. So, yeah, you know, when a new Call of Duty comes out, you're pretty much just there. You're bought in. Yeah, you know, it sure seems that way. But honestly, it was between this and Medal of Honor. And I I had to pick one. I knew I wouldn't really be able to get into both of them and and give them the time they deserve. And this this offered more than Medal of Honor, in my opinion. And I'm I'm glad I I went this direction. I'm liking it. So what do you think? I mean, uh, obviously, this is back to Treyarch, who did uh, World at War. Yeah. So it is not Infinity Ward, the the modern warfare people. Yeah, the Infinity Ward, the studio that no longer exists except in name. Right. But, I mean, you know, how does this compare to you to Modern Warfare 2? You know what? The way it compares to Modern Warfare 2 is much the same as the last Treyarch game compared to Modern Warfare 2. It's a different vibe. It's still fun, fast-paced shooter, but it's dialed in a slightly different direction, a little bit more humor injected, a little bit more off and fun i think the fact that you can customize your weapons you know put your own artwork on the side is is pretty cool you've done that i haven't even done that yet. yeah you have not yet. i haven't yeah, done I, a lot i've got this crooked googly-eyed skull that i i made and it, it uses the same system just stripped down a little bit that the forza series does where you've got a, a bunch of decals to choose from and then you can turn them and change the size and lay them on top of each other to make other things but unlike Forza, you got to buy everything with the points that you earn playing the game. And that's that's kind of cool. I like thinking about, oh, i got to get a few more points so I can put the eyeballs on my skull here. <laughs> that sounds so much fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it appeals to me. <laughs> I want to work but, my you know, ass really off cool to have a sticker game, that I can't fucking see because it's on my back. <laughs> no, it's on your gun. You can see it. See, as I'm popping your head off at 50 meters, I'm also looking at the googly-eyed skull on the side of my weapon makes me smile. One of the things I like about this is they've got a series of multiplayer games that, that you essentially bet your points. You're gambling your points against the other players to see who comes out on top, and they're not the traditional matches. They've got the gun game, they've got they've got games where the, the weapons change every 45 seconds, so your strategy has to change. So if you're, you know, king shit of Turd Hill with a sniper rifle, and all of a sudden everybody in the map has pistols, well then you're not so very good anymore, are you? And then 45 I, seconds I later, not. everyone maybe has rocket launchers or assault rifles. It's cool. It just keeps switching up. Hmm, okay. Another wager game that they have is one where essentially you've got a pistol and a knife and one bullet. And the only way you can get more bullets is by killing other guys. And, and everybody has three lives. And it's one shot, one kill. So you've got to hit someone with your bullet or your knife if you want to keep going. Otherwise, it's all knife-to-knife combat. That's a pretty fun wager game. First game of that I played, I won first place. And then, like, after after that, generally slaughtered. <laughs> and, yeah, and then there's the first-person story, which I'm, I'm only partway through, mm-hmm. which is compelling. It's fun. There's some really fun scenes in it, if you will, where you're running across rooftops and racing through Warrens, and you're battling in the trenches in Vietnam. And you're, it's a lot more fun than actual war, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I would think. Yeah, and then just the general multiplayer deathmatch and capture the flag and all the ones you're used to playing, demolition, those are all there. Mm. And and they're fun. Good selection of weapons. The shotguns 
I, I approve of. The sniper rifles I still can't use. Generally, the assault rifles are the best. You pay your money to unlock your things. It's not like you have to really work up, level up, and automatically unlock something. You level up to unlock the ability to buy them. And same with perks, same with uh, just about everything. I like it. I'm having fun. Cool. Yeah, I've only played a little bit of the first person and then uh, some of the zombie mode, which is still a blast. It's kind of very similar to Nocturne Toten or whatever it was from uh, World at War. And it's a good time. You're, again, unlocking rooms, trying to avoid the hellhounds, get to the, the generator room so you can set up some zapping bolts and different things. And uh, it's, it's However, a However, in this, in this game, you actually get to play in the Pentagon, and you get to play as Kennedy. <laughs> so <laughs> I, really, I really think that's wonderful. But that is something you have to unlock. Now you just go to the little computer screen in the beginning, you know, pull the triggers and ro- walk over and... Type in Treyarch space unlock, and then you unlock that mode. And it's got a knockoff of uh, Smash TV, one of my favorite arcade games of all time. Except instead of fighting the mutants or whatever they are, it's a two-stick shooter. You're you're fighting the zombies. So that's just kind of a bonus? Yeah, it's the third zombie map. It's called uh, Dead Ops Arcade. So let's see, what else? Uh, We've got a few uh, Xbox Live games that we've been checking out. You know, we do. And it's kind of a bummer. We got one of these Xbox Live games... Like the day after we recorded our last podcast for all of last month. So it had to wait. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, Xbox let's... Pinball FX2. Yeah. I think it's actually called Pinball FX2. Yeah, it's fun. There are different tables, and some of them are absolutely eye popping. Yeah, the graphics in this game are. Holy smokes. Out of hand. Yeah, and just like all kinds of tunnels and ramps and all kinds of shit to shoot up different bonuses i was playing a, the deep sea table last night and it is so cool you like yeah, shoot really into my the only complaint with this game is maybe it's a little too easy you can kind of go on autopilot and find that you're still playing 10 minutes later and it's it's the same ball but that's nice man because how, how often on a real pinball table have you lost your ball like five seconds into the game oh yeah that's always a heartbreak you put in 50 cents and you only get three balls. And back in my day, it was a quarter and you got five balls. <laughs> right. And, you know, I mean, at least, yeah, you get some fun gameplay out of it. Either the bumpers are a little fatter, maybe. You know, the, the hole isn't quite as big. You don't lose balls as quick. But there there's so much to do on each table. And so many variations as places that you can shoot the ball that it's really cool. And you get yeah. into, like, a double or triple ball situation, and it's just flipper insanity, so... That's it's fun. I'm really enjoying it. I have not yet mastered the ability to look up at the directions or whatever it's saying, you know, shoot the left, whatever the crap. I'm still trying to, every time I look up at that, I end up losing my ball. <laughs> yeah, that is a little bit of a challenge. You, you sort of have to have a, you know, a little bit of leeway to look up there, to get the ball in the air anyway. Yeah. In real life pinball, I, I don't have that issue. I don't know what the deal is with this. So let's see, what else? Uh, an older one, Comic Jumper. I yeah. played a little bit of that. That's a lot of fun. I found that one to be a little hard, though. Really? Yeah. It's a, You have this kind of character. It's a sideways, sideways scrolling shooter adventure type of a thing and where you jump into, your character jumps into different comic book worlds. And uh, I enjoyed that one as well, but I haven't, I haven't played it that much. It's good, but I got several games at once, and I've been trying to you know try them all. And uh, that one was fun, but I haven't spent as much time with it. I still don't understand the relationship between the talking star and his chest and him. I think he's there for comic relief. 
Oh, Essentially, okay. he's but there I mean, to see like a computer aspect of him. Is it, is it another soul that's fused to his chest? What? Why does he have a talking star in his chest? I, I don't know, but he's funny. The talking star is pretty hilarious. Yeah, but actually, as a as fun. a sideways scroll type of a thing, I think I actually prefer Super Meat Boy even more. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of a similar to actually Explosion Man. Whereas you're running through these mazes and trying to get by, but you're this boy made of meat. I am a boy made of meat. And you're jumping over saw blades and all kinds of things that can mess you up. And the sounds are absolutely almost enough to turn you into a vegetarian. (laughs) (laughs) Every time he, like, splats into a wall, he leaves, like, this big splash of blood. Nice. Because he's just made out of meat. But you're trying to save your girlfriend who's made out of Band-Aids. And, <laughs> and you know, you're trying to do like, oh, that's kind of, yeah, there's like this evil doctor fetus or something that you're, that's thwarting you at every move. It's, it's insanity, but it's a fun puzzle game level after level. And some of the levels get downright diabolical. So it's an absolute blast. I think that's my favorite of the bunch right now that I've been playing of the Xbox Live games. I would, I would love to play that game. Unfortunately, the copy that I was sent, uh, the code did not work. Oh, I'm sorry, man. And then finally, there's a game called Hydrophobia, which is sort of a, it's like a third person, uh, more of a puzzle game. Kind of reminds me a little bit of like Half-Life 1, if there wasn't really like the, the, the emphasis on combat, more of an emphasis of climbing around, unlocking rooms, getting cards to unlock doors. There are, you know, things you have to fix and then go to another room at the same time you're solving a mission. The whole time, it's got this whole sci-fi vibe of you're in some sort of a a, a city that's on water and the whole city is sinking. And so there's alarms and klaxons and things going off and water is constantly pouring in through doors and things. And so there's kind of a race against time as you have to like go up to different levels to avoid the water and things of that nature. And it's, it's really cool, too. I've been enjoying that as well. Out of the four, I think my favorite is Super Meat Boy right now. That's that's the one I would say if I was going to say to buy one of these, Super Meat Boy, I would say. Figures, the one I can't play. <laughs> and, but I've really been spending my time with Red Dead Redemption. You're still playing that, huh? Dude, that game is so good. And I had, I had not played any of the Grand Theft Autos or the any, any of the other Rockstar stuff. And I had heard nothing but great things that it was like basically playing a video game version of Deadwood. And it totally is. It's great. It's open sandbox. So you start out, you're left for dead by this this fort, this Texas fort, and you're nursed back to health. And so you kind of have to, you know, get established and you're staying at this ranch and you help this woman with some of her problems around the ranch and you get yourself a horse and a gun and then you start kind of trying to build your team to take out the guy who left you for dead. And I'm oh, only Jesus. maybe... it sounds like that, that story game you like. Yeah, yeah, I know you hate anything with a plot. So you, I don't know if, you, if you'd like it. I mean, the good thing is... You, and you know, it never occurs to me in these sort of games to actually be a villain. But you can, like, go around and kill people and get posses after you and stuff like that. You'd probably enjoy that. Yeah, I can see that. You can gamble. There's a blackjack game. There's a poker game. You can actually play horseshoes, which is kind of, you know, and you can do all of this for money. You can wager different amounts, and in-game money. And, uh, you yeah. know, you can use that money to buy horses or whatever. You can also get jobs like, you know, bucking broncos and, and uh, bringing in bounties. That's one of my favorite things to do 
is that, you know, every couple of days they'll put up a bounty poster on a wall at one of the towns. So you take the poster with you, and then you'll be told, okay, you got to go here. And there, invariably there's a gang hold up somewhere, and so you'll have to kill everybody and hogtie the one guy and drag him back to justice. <laughs> and that's pretty cool. It's yeah, funny, yeah, though, because fun. you'll, be, you'll be, like, riding along in the games. There's, like, you know, the high chaparral and the desert and whatever, and you're riding along. And you'll see somebody by the side of the road, like, help me, help me, mister. Somebody stole my horse. And you'll ride up to him, and he'll actually horse jack you. Yeah, so it's Grand Theft Horse. It is, kind of. Yeah, I got I got horse jacked by a hooker in the middle of the desert. What is she doing out there? Horse jacking? I don't Wait, know. If a ho- hooker's she's horse wearing, jacking, Yeah, she's wearing, like, things. lingerie, and she horse jacks me in the middle of the brush. So I had to <laughs> shoot her in the back of the head. It was it was a bad scene. Oh, oh. But it is a great game. I'm only Last a third of the way in. I just got to Mexico, and so I'm still trying to pursue the guy who left me for dead. And, you know, once you you start out, I guess, in kind of Texas, and then you move to Mexico, and then there's a third area that I haven't reached. So there's a lot to do, but uh, it's a great game. Well, all right, then. What else have you been checking out? I've been reading. Really? Yeah. Do tell. Books. You know, I read the next Horace Heresy book, The First Heretic. Yeah. By a new author of the series, Mr. Aaron Dembski Bowden. Wow. How was it? It was good. I I liked it. This one is about Lorgar. You may recall Lorgar was the Primarch that sort of showed up by Horus's side and he he's the guy that had the writing all over him and then it all it turned out that the writing was was damnable chaos writing. And so when, so when which, Horus which, uh... was, was going over the edge, he, he sort of pushed him. And this is this is the story of Lorgar. And this story, unlike the others, it spans a really tremendous amount of time. So it starts out way before where the last book left off, and it finishes after it. So it does advance things. Well, that's cool. And it was cool. It talks, he's, you know, he was really, I guess, at this point, the, the original guy that brought the, the chaos... What am I trying to say? Into the Empire. He's the guy that, you know, Horus is the leader of the forces of chaos, but he would not have been there without Lorgar dabbling in places perhaps he should not be dabbling. So what chapter is Lorgar from? The uh, Word Bearers. Oh, okay. I remember he wrote the book, wrote the word. They all have their, their big books chained to them, all his disciples. Yeah, the chaplains or whatever. Oh. The chaplains, yeah. So a very cool book. If you're into the series, check it out. If you're sort of, yeah, maybe sort of half-assed in the series, not wanting to read them all, this is not one to skip. Okay, cool. Uh, what else? I read the first 200 pages of a truly dreadful book by Dan Shit in the Garden or something like that. <laughs> How do you say his name? I don't know. You don't know? You're not selling much of that book? I don't know that, that book. book. Yeah, I'm not familiar. Oh, God. It looked like it was going to be something like uh, Oryx and Crake and the Flood or Snow Crash. This cool dystopian near future book, and it is, but it's thoroughly depressing and it's populated entirely by characters that you hate. Just like <laughs> nice. Two hundred pages into so this it's like Wuthering Heights. And I'm like, I don't care about any of you. Yes, it's <laughs> Wuthering Heights, and the deal is, the United States apparently is so economically screwed up that it's Asia and Europe are in the process of decoupling their economies from ours. We continue to be led by dumbasses that spend money they don't have by launching another war, this one into Venezuela, I think. And 
Like we're we're selling Manhattan to China to try to pay off our debts and everything about it. It's just your credit rating is supposed to be everything. You walk past these credit polls downtown and they show what your credit rating is and everything is is all online and twittered and podcasted. I don't know. It's just a goddamn mess. Don't read this book. This book is a goddamn <laughs> read Snow Crash. Yeah, read, no, that is an amazing book. Yeah. As a matter of fact, if you haven't read that yet, what are you doing? Really, stop listening to this podcast. Go read that. Go book. read Snow Crash, Lordy. Well, I actually read a book. You did? Yeah. You, are you familiar? Have you read much Glenn Cook? Didn't he sing that? Oh, that's Glenn Campbell. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I see. I can get him confused. Douche. Anyway, uh, he's he's got a couple of series going. Um, he, the the series that is my favorite is the Black Company Chronicles, which is like this kind of dark fantasy military thing. But uh, his new book is from his other series, the Garrett Pi Files, which is this kind of. It's also in a fantasy world, and it's about this guy who's kind of like a a hard boiled gumshoe sort of a guy, you know, a hard drinking, womanizing, you know, hard living kind of a guy who. It, it, it solves mysteries. He he sort of lives in this big apartment building kind of thing with this uh, dead psionic creature. That, <laughs> so basically, the the when when the the creature's consciousness is awake, he'll help him solve crimes. <laughs> I so, like that. I like the cut of that jib. Yeah. So it's you know usually some hot broad shows up and like gets him involved in a case that he doesn't want to be involved in because he'd rather just sit there and nurse his beer. And then he solves a mystery. And so that's the way it's been going on. I mean, I don't know. There's probably like 10 of these by now. I've been reading them for quite a long time. Started There's reading. actually a dozen of them. Anyway, so the new one's called Gilded Latin Bones. Came out, I think, about a month ago. And the uh, story is uh, Garrett has been shacking up with one of his girlfriends, Tinny. Uh, he hasn't been doing much. He's been out of the scene of you know solving mysteries for like 18 months. And uh, his best friend, Morley Dotes, uh, gets stabbed repeatedly and left for dead and so he he comes and, and gets a hold of you know he's supposed to protect morley and at the same time there's like all this relationship stuff going on with him and this one and shaka whatever and it, it has all the seeds i mean if you've been reading the books as long as i have you love these characters and you like to revisit them and one of the fun things has always been kind of the repartee between the characters you know they sort of have that his girl friday sort of wisecracking stuff going on back and forth but in this book, there's just too much of it. I mean, there's about 100 pages in the middle of the book where he's basically sitting around waiting for Morley to get better so they can talk to him. And shit doesn't happen. And so he just sits around making the same wisecracks with people that, you know, they're saying the same kinds of things over and over, and it almost gets tedious. And then you get to the last about 70 pages, and it picks up again, and it finishes. But it's just like, this to me was like one of my least favorite of the recent Garrett files. Because it just, you know, there's, I don't know, about 100 pages that didn't need to be there of him soul searching, talking about relationship stuff. I don't know, get to the mystery. That's what I think people want to read. So I was kind of disappointed in it. If, if you like the characters, you'll probably still get something out of it. But it was not one of my favorite of the recent Garrett books. All right, then. Maybe I'll give that one a skip. Yeah, yeah. I'd start like Sweet Silver Blues, I think, is one of the first ones. Bitter Gold Hearts. The early stuff is really fun. And it's he's established a good world. It's fun to revisit. But like I said, this one just seems like it could have been a little more concise. 
Have you read uh, George R. R. Martin's Wild Card series? Uh, George R. R. Martin, who's he? Yeah, he's a guy that doesn't write books, but once every <laughs> no, decade or so. I have not. I, I don't want to encourage him to do anything else other than writing Dance of Dragons. So I'm not yeah. going to be reading any wild cards or any fever dreams or any other stuff he's got going on. I'm not going to do it. You know what? I'm with you. Never mind. I'm not going to talk about this book. <laughs> Isn't it any good? I'm not talking about it. Okay. Uh, finally, one last thing uh, I wanted to review. I recently got a copy of a piece of software from the company Isotope. It's uh, called Isotope RX2. And what it is, for you podcasters out there, is it, podcast people. it is audio repair software that allows you, you can take a series of uh, plugins and plug them into your software. So I use, for instance, on the Bone Bass Show, we use Sonar Home Studio to record. And so... If you have a, a piece of audio, particularly like, you know, I'll go to a convention and I will record field audio, and sometimes it's loud, there's a lot of distortion, there's clipping, there's crackle, there's all kinds of problems that you can have with field recordings. And this piece of software is brilliant at cleaning up bad audio. I mean, I've, I've had interviews where I thought they were absolutely unusable, and yeah, Isotope RX2 has absolutely saved the day. I can't tell you what a great piece of software this is. Now, um, do they have a plug-in that will make you sound like you know what you're talking about? Yeah, they do. Wow, cool. That, that's amazing stuff. Yeah. So what you'd basically do is if you have a bad piece of audio, you can either run the audio through it as a separate standalone piece of software and then save that fixed file and import it into like Home Studio or Audacity or whatever you're using. Or you can actually run the software as a plug-in in the background if you have enough PC resources. And it will clean up you know, any pops and skips. I actually used it on the last episode when we were doing the Death Star music. Because after you know, recording it live, you've got like a little bit of noise in the room. People clicking their beer bottles or whatever. And you could run that in the background to just clean everything up and it made it sound nice. And so, you know, if you thought that the music in the last episode sounded good, that software is a big reason why. So it's something to check out. It is pricey. It's 350 bucks. But if you're a serious podcaster that, you know, does a lot of field recording or, you know, convention stuff, this might be worth your while. So check it out at isotope.com. This stuff Iso- is so good. During this whole review, I've been trimming my toenails with a pocket knife attached to a keychain, and you haven't heard any of that. <laughs> you can find that at isotope.com. All right, dude. I think that's uh, all we have for this week as far as triage. How about some filthy jokes? How about some filthy jokes? Go ahead. You go first. I will. Okay, so there's this magician, and he works on a cruise ship, and it is a sweet gig, let me tell you. He's constantly gets to ogle the women in bikinis. There's a new audience every week, so he can do the same tricks over and over again. He gets to go to exciting locations. It's a fantastic job. There's only one problem. What's the problem? The captain has this parrot, and the parrot sees the shows every week, and so he begins to know how the magician is doing his tricks. And so once the parrot figured it out, he started shouting out in the middle of the show, Look, it's not the same hat. Or look, he's hiding the flowers under the table. Or hey, why are all the cards the ace of spades? And the magician was just pissed. I mean, he couldn't do anything about it. It's the captain's parrot, right? Right. So one day the ship sinks. <laughs> the magician wakes up and he finds himself floating 
on a piece of wood in the middle of the sea. And a few minutes later, the parrot flies over and lands on the same piece of wood. And the two just stare at each other with absolute fucking hatred. And they don't say a word. I mean, this goes on for one day, and then the next day, and then the next day. Finally, on the fourth day, the parrot decides to finally speak and says, Okay, I give up. Where's the fucking ship? (laughs) Okay, your joke was not filthy, but it was funny. It was, yeah. Well, I said fucking. I swore a little bit. You did, you did. But yes, it only was lightly dusted with filth. (laughs) Maybe you can do better. Oh, maybe. I don't know. What's the difference between your mother and a washing machine? My mother specifically, or mothers in general? (laughs) Your mother, Steve, specifically. I don't know. What's the difference between my mother and a washing machine? Washing machine doesn't follow me around for a week after I drop a load in it. (laughs) Yeah, that was fucked up. Yeah. Sorry, Mrs. Steve's mom. (laughs) Ah, She already doesn't like you. That's true. She never liked me anyway. She's got good taste. All right. So thank yous. Once again, we would like to thank Finn Troll for the awesome music. And also thanks to Josh at Century Media for making this all happen. Also, I'd like to thank Image Media for sending over the Damned by Dawn DVDs. I'd like to thank uh, Sample the Martian for sending that over. And also uh, Xbox Live for the games. Much thanks. Our usual bullshit. You can reach the show at 425-296-6557. And thanks to McPierce, who used that very number. Way to go, McPierce. McPierce kicks I'm ass. I'm sorry, every time oh, I see your way. name, though, I think it's MC Pierce. I... <laughs> he should be MC Pierce. Because, you know, he, he does rock the mic on a little dead podcast every week. Twice a week. That guy works his ass off. He puts out a little dead podcast, and then he does the comic book update as well. Every time I look on my iPod, there's like 42 more episodes of the Little Dead Podcast. It's amazing. Maybe there's more than one of him. I, there, I think there must be. His name should be MC Legion. <laughs> well, he's, he's got his sidekicks, uh, Sad Mac and Ashcrow, helping him out. So Maybe they're double, doing double duty. There. They're doing something to get all that product out. Okay. Oh, you mean some people have people that help them on the podcast instead of yeah, just showing yeah, up? Yeah, instead of just being like a solo effort, essentially, glorified. Oh. I wonder what that's like. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Yeah, you wouldn't. <laughs> All right. Anyway, once again, show number 425-296-6557. Email us at steve at bonehand.com, and I will pass it on to Gord. There's new content every <laughs> Sunday at bonehand.com. Uh, on non-bone bat weeks, keep an ear peeled for the heavy half hour. It's good stuff. It is good stuff. And you can find my stuff, which is also good, maybe, occasionally. At MightyWombat.com. A new cartoon every week, generally Thursday-ish. And on the Twitter, I'm Mighty underscore Wombat. That's me on Twitter. And I'm Bonehand. You can follow me there as well. Or we have a show feed, so you can follow Bonebat. As always, uh, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy what we do, we would appreciate it if you would tell a friend or five. Yeah, tell them all. All right, you know, this is essentially a comedy podcast, so I don't want to bring it down, but I I do think that we owe it to one of the greats to at least mention him. We just lost one of the people that's made me laugh a lot throughout my life, Leslie Nielsen. Surely, you will be missed. Man, yeah, I I remember the first thing I saw him in, because I was a little kid, was Police Squad. Oh, really? Airplane wasn't the first thing you saw him in? I wasn't taken to see Airplane. I was. I was a little... (laughs) 
I was a little kid. I didn't. I didn't see. Yeah, I didn't see airplane until it was on TV. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, but I saw Police Squad, and that was hilarious shit. So yeah, he was the king of the ridiculous deadpan delivery. Yeah, he was definitely the king. He'll be missed. Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it (laughs) stuffed. So this will be our last episode actually for this year. So I want to say happy holidays. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year. All this, you know what? And a uh, New Year, don't get drunk on New Year. New Year's that's amateur night, man. Can I try to get laid? Yeah, totally. Do that. <laughs> oh, thanks. Several times. Yeah, totally tie my hands. Shit. No, no. I, I'm just saying it's it's a little overdone. It's a little trite. You know, we've all we've all done that. Okay. Do something different. Just I, I think I think this New Year. In fact, we should just focus on getting Steve laid. Actually, we are going to do something different. Now, last couple of years... This podcast never ends. We've done a kind of a year-end wrap-up sort of thing, but Gord was getting bored with that. I'm so with we've we're get this next episode's going to have something completely new and different. So I hope you enjoy it. So once again, that's, we're going to close tonight with Finn Troll. This is from their latest release, Niffle Vin. This song is called Under Burgett's Rot, and it's one of my favorites. So I hope you enjoy it. I'm Steve. I'm still Gord. Have a good one. I have a first one. Under Burgess Rock. Under
scary rubber skeletons. <laughs> oh shit! It was on fun. a clothesline. Woo! <laughs>